every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. Well, it's been way too long since we had a chance to chat with Andrew Winston, who is one of my favorite green dudes. I met him out at Ford. I guess you were one of the speakers at a Ford event uh, a couple of years ago. Yep. You're an author. Uh, he's the founder of Winston Eco Strategies. And what you are is an expert in helping businesses and, and major companies and corporations around the world, I'd say Fortune 500, maybe Fortune 100, understand how they can be more sustainable and still be profitable. And you've been really making an impact. And I just want to mention your two books. One was Green to Gold, and I know we talked about that a long time ago, but the last one is The Big Pivot, which I still have on my broadcast desk, believe it or not. So we were like almost exhausted just talking before (laughs) we started recording because there is so much going on that is relevant to the work you're doing and the work we all are concerned about in terms of the environment and sustainability and what's happening with climate change. Maybe let's just go and talk about, let's get right to it. Trump signed an executive order essentially rolling back a lot of what Obama had put forth in his clean power plan. Talk to us about that. Before I jump into that, though, um, you introduced me and said something interesting that, you know, I try to help large companies, um, you know, go sustainable, be green, uh, while still being profitable. And I guess I'd subtly change that and say that I'm helping companies see that being sustainable is the path to profitability and, and vice versa. And this is kind of the critical thing in how we think about this, think about the role of business and, and how, they, how they deal with the big megatrends in the world like climate and resources and see it as just quarter of their business. And it does tie to the, the climate rollback, I guess we could call it, that yeah. the Trump administration is trying to do because there's such a um, misperception coming from this administration that it's been around a long time, but I thought we had kind of gotten through this in the business community that everything having to do with climate would just be super expensive. Right. Um, and one of the senior spokespeople for, for Trump said, you know, as they rolled out this executive order, said, oh, the president's been clear that he's not going to pursue climate change policies that put the U.S. economy at risk. It's very simple. And, yeah, it is simple. They're, they're dead wrong. <laughs> and they've got it backwards, right, yeah. that yeah. somehow we're going to put the, the economy at risk by tackling climate change is still this very old view that if you slow down emissions, you're somehow killing the economy and everyone's supposed to not use any energy and everyone's going to sit in their house and be cold or be too hot or something. Right. And, you know, you still hear that all the time. And it's, it's, it's just dead wrong, right? I mean, companies and the economies that go clean, they save money. They go, they get, they're healthier, right? This is good for the economy. This is more jobs, right. all of it. I mean, right. it's all better to go down this path at this point. And, and almost every other major country gets this. Yeah. And we're going to be giving up, you know, in competitiveness from, from this. We're going to let China take the lead in building the clean economy. Well, do you think DT, I, I can't even say the name, yeah. really. Do you think our president really believes that we're going to build new coal plants? You know, what he's always made clear is he wants to be, uh, you know, loved and adulated yeah. and just wants to say whatever's going to get that. So, you know, he went into coal country, talked about bringing back coal jobs. Everybody loved it. 
I don't know what he believes. He, I mean, it, it seems yeah. like, like he has a generally not a lot of knowledge on most, most topics, especially around climate and energy. He just, I think, doesn't think it's very complicated. He may think that, but, what's, but I, I have a hard time believing everybody around him really believes that, especially since many of the things that he said and promised are actually at odds. When they talk about opening up lands and we're going to be energy self-sufficient and we're going to be able to you know, dig up more oil and natural gas, that's going to kill coal faster. They actually produce a glut of natural gas. It's going to drop the price even more, and, and that's what's really killed coal, right? I, there's just been this right. very simplistic view that somehow Obama, by being a Democrat, just you know hated coal and killed it. And and Obama actually did very little to coal. The clean power plan wasn't in effect yet, right? It didn't. It right. hadn't hadn't gone into power yet. So what really happened was uh, natural gas got cheaper. And most of the coal companies automated a lot. Well, and honestly, yeah. do coal workers really want to go back in the mines? I mean, it's not healthy for them. It's not I safe. Know. I mean, I'd like to think that there would be a way to help retrain and, right. and get these people into jobs that might not be quite well, as unhealthy right. anyway. Right. Well, that's look, that's the only option at this point. And, and so when, when I say – I mean, do you remember uh, during the campaign – I mean, look, obviously there were aspects of the campaign that, that, that Trump ran that were – that were better for certain voters. He just kept saying, we're going to bring back coal jobs. Hillary had a moment that was, like they say in, uh, you know, in politics, it's, it's a gaffe when you say something right. honest, right. Um, where she said something about these jobs are going away. Um, and I think she was brutally honest with coal country, and she was right. Um, the jobs are going away. It's plain economics, and, and that's not, there's, no, there's no emotion you know, or, or disdain for coal in saying that. It's just reality. It, it'd be like saying... 30 years ago to the typewriter manufacturers, you know you're, these, these products are going to go away. Right. It doesn't mean we hate them. It doesn't mean they're immoral. Right. You don't have to dislike coal. It's well, just it's what's happening. Right, right. And I think the only question now is how do we take care of the workers, like you're saying? How, yeah. do, we, how do we help this sector kind of transition? Well, because um, and, that seems to be his battle cry is we're going right. to put these guys back to work. Right. And I'm like, but, but aren't there right. you know, or, or wind power plants that need technicians and people yeah. working there? and they need a lot more of them. I mean, right now, renewable energy jobs outnumber coal and gas jobs five to one in the U.S. It's not a debate about future jobs. It's already here. And, you know, there's only, there's only 66,000 coal miners in the country. People don't realize. I mean, there's lots of funny stats going around right now. Right. I saw one that said there's more people working at Arby's than in coal mining. I mean, you could, you, you could do that with a lot of different right. you know, right. comparisons. <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's a tiny, tiny amount. You know, I saw a stat today that every day, basically, the economy loses 75,000 jobs disappear. And, of course, maybe 80,000 appear. You know, there's, there's, yeah, there's yeah. this flux. Yeah. But there's more every day being lost than the entire coal industry. Right. So we, we could help this sector and these communities without spending that much money, really. They're not, it's not that big anymore. And it's where we're headed. So I, I, I just I don't know. I think it's sad to keep promising people and, you know, jobs in an economy that you can't, that just are not going to happen. And the big, you just listen to the big utilities. The yeah. CEOs of all the big utilities have said, we're not building, we're not going to build coal plants anymore. Mm-hmm. And, the, and all the big European utilities just committed to stop building coal plants after 2020. Like, oh. it's over. Yeah. yeah. You know, the industry's done. Yeah. And in, you know, talking about that, another article that you wrote about uh, recently was about rolling back fuel efficiency for cars, yeah. kind of in the same vein, right? Yeah. Well, this one I, I just find insane. And, and I, you know, I made, you know, I made the point 
in some sense from the perspective of even the automakers, that it seems in the short run they might believe that it's good for them because they get some relief from the regulatory pressure to make cars more efficient and trucks more efficient because they were under pressure to double the fuel efficiency from you know, 2015, I guess, to 2025 or 2010 to 2025. And it was going to be tough, right? There was going to take some innovation. But slowing that down and not being as efficient as we would like isn't really good for anybody. It's not, it's not good for anybody who wants cleaner air. Right. Everybody who drives saves money if the cars are more efficient. And every industry that depends on you know, an efficient logistics system saves money, which is everybody. So the only ones who might benefit are some of the car companies and not even like their whole supply chain. There's, com- there's already suppliers giving them parts for like hybrids and electrics and more yep. efficient parts. Yep. So only ones they think would benefit is them, but I think that's not even true. Right. You know, the rest of the world is still raising their fuel efficiency standards. And if you look back to 08, when the, when the car companies went bankrupt, it was partly because they weren't as competitive on a fuel efficiency as the, you know, with the Japanese right. companies. So, you know, if they slow down here, then they're just going to get less competitive. So I just, I think it's, it's, it's a lose-lose all around. And obviously, fuel efficiency improvements was the single biggest carbon reduction yeah. in regulatory history globally. The U.S. doubling its fuel efficiency was the biggest chunk of carbon ever taken out of like future plans yeah. for emissions ever. So it's just a bad idea. And hopefully, I guess we have to hope that the, that the markets the markets for cars change enough that people show they want more efficient cars and they, and they demand them enough that the companies kind of deliver more efficient cars anyways. We'll, well see. I hope so. And I hope we, we sort of, I mean, I know regulation can be a bit cumbersome to certain corporate processes, but at the same time, come on, you know, I mean, we have driver's licenses. That's, yep. that's regulated, right? I don't know. Yeah. Call me crazy, but. Well, yeah. There's anti-regulatory, you know, fervor in this country that's, I think, gotten out of hand. I mean, of course, regulations can can slow things down. Of course, they can cost money. I mean, all of that is true, but there was a there was a purpose to almost every like, category of regulation, right? People want safe food. Right. They want safer cars. They, you know, they want drugs that won't kill them that haven't, you know, <laughs> been untested. I mean, these are all, you know, th- these are all good reasons, and we've allowed the dialogue to turn into. When you see the word like regulations in the press, there's always like the, the adjective burdensome or unwanted is always put in front of it right. rather than that these are protections. Somewhere in between, they're always useful and they're always not. I think it's more towards the end of they're useful. doesn't mean it's a fully you know, uh, efficient system. It's never right. going to be. Right. But we need them. So let's talk for a minute about renewable energy and companies that are invested heavily in it and are innovating and growing and implementing uh, systems around the country. They're not going to stop now just because this administration is rolling back some of these these other mandates, right? Well, I hope not. I mean, I think by and large, you know, I've been one of the voices saying – Companies are going to continue, and I, I mostly believe it. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I say it in part because I need to believe it, but I, but yeah. I do, you know, I do believe it. I think when I've talked to companies, you know, a lot of companies over the last four or five months, you don't hear any of them really slowing down. Again, with the exception of things like the auto companies wanting to slow down on fuel efficiency, which is a you know a big exception. Most companies are going to continue with their efficiency efforts because it saves money. The, the rapid uh, increase in renewable energy use is going to continue because 
the companies have been doing it because it's gotten so much cheaper. There's almost nobody doing it and paying more for it or just doing it for fun. Right. So that's going to continue. You know, I think the challenge is government pressure matters. It keeps things moving. It, it, it keeps kind of the, the, the pedal to the metal. And hopefully companies will see the benefits themselves. And again, they're multi, you know, these multinationals are operating in a lot of different countries. So it isn't just the U.S. I mean, we're big, but we're not the whole world. You know, and finally, I think companies' own uh, customers and employees, uh, you know, especially millennials, are expecting them to kind of continue making their businesses more sustainable. And I think that won't slow down. And I haven't heard anybody think that that's going to change. Well, I'm optimistic because I think, to a degree, it's been a big wake-up call for many people who have been not as vigilant, maybe, maybe yeah. not as paying attention so closely. So people are waking up and they're, wait, 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 I really have to pay attention to this yeah. now. And I have to step up and maybe step up my activity. Yeah. There are obviously more nonprofit organizations and activist groups getting much more active. Right. Uh, and so I'm glad, I'm glad you're still busy and you're out there and you're a great voice for sanity in business. <laughs> and uh, let's just hope that we can get through. Yep. the next few years, and everybody's just going to have to stay active and get involved in the next political election. Yeah. And thank you for what you're doing. And I agree. People are woke, as the kids say these yeah. days. There's millions of people. I've seen it in my own family, friends, colleagues, myself, and it clearly has changed things. I think the health care debacle was in part because people came to town hall meetings and they yeah. called their reps, and you heard it from both sides of the aisle We'll see. The 2018 election is going to tell us an awful lot about what kind of country we really live in. I mean, we've got gerrymandered districts. There's all sorts yeah. of problems standing in yeah. the way of really understanding the will of the people. But yeah. I think we're going to see some, some deep change, I hope. Yeah, people are aware. And I think um, on issues like climate, they're certainly more aware. And I would suggest everybody listening... Um, consider going to the Climate March. I don't know if you've talked about this on your Oh, yeah. Your I haven't program. talked about it as much April recently. April 29th in D.C. Or, and there will be sister marches around the country, but they're trying to gather as many people in D.C. as possible to really show strength to our elected leaders. You know, I, I, I marched with my family in New York a few years ago in 2014. It was great. Yeah. It was really fun. And there were, you know, a few hundred thousand people there. It was, it was big. I think this could be bigger. You know, the marches. Look what happened with the women's march. You know, I, so. I made a bunch of pink hats for <laughs> pink pea hats, I call them. Yep. And someone said maybe I should make green ones for this yeah, march. Absolutely. So I guess I'll get busy and hopefully I'll see you there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, in the crowd, we'll find <laughs> each other. Thanks so much, Thank Andrew. You. Thanks for having me. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com.